Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower here with the Watchman, and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to to us through our contact page at warren-usa.com. You can find Warren Radio on USA.life, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Tumblr, Pure Social, Spreely, and Linktree. You can listen and download our shows by going to warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. You can also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, Podchaser, and Verbal. Do not miss this post on warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. Do not miss this post. Breaking Unveiling Delusion Breaking Unveiling Delusion, Something They're Not Telling You, relates key details and information concerning things that have happened in America. Latest posts on warren-usa.com Do not miss our featured posts on blood guilt. These are featured prominently on the front of Warren Radio at warren-usa.com. Do not miss this post, Blood Guilt Series Classic Warren Radio In-Depth Series on Blood Guilt. And do not miss this post, Blood Guilt, I, Cain, Killed Abel. The Beginning of Blood Guilt and How It Relates Today. And do not miss this post, American Tophet, Valley of Hinnom, Blood Guilt and America. Do not miss this post, Son in Faith, Epistles of Timothy, Part 1. The first epistle in our Timothy series, Son in Faith, He was his son in the faith, a faithful minister to those in Ephesus, and looked to his father in faith, the Apostle Paul, for guidance. The latest post on DanaGlennSmith.com Do not miss this post. The American Civil War, Then and Now The American Civil War, Then and Now is a featured post. Many years ago, I originally wrote about the Second Civil War coming to America. Both men forgot history, oh, but men forget history or fail to heed its warnings. Today, in 2022, we have a divisive country with many more threats today than ever before. And be sure to check out The Rising by the Watchman, Dana Glenn Smith. It's a Christian fiction thriller. There's danger and intrigue. Dark forces are plotting. The nation is at risk. Can Mac save the United States? Be sure to go to warren-usa.com. Nope, I'm sorry. It's danaglinsmith.com to sign up for the WIBR Warren radio newsletter. And you can also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop, where we feature the rising and other Christian books, as well as resources from our vision media. And now, I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, 
Find us on Instagram and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, doing good. Doing good. It's yeah. getting summer around here. Yes. Everything's green. The trees are blossom are budding out and ter- the leaves are coming out actually. It's beautiful. I love it. Yep, our I'm raspberry thankful. bushes are doing good. Our garlic's doing really, really good. And, and, uh, and the potatoes are starting to come up. Yep. And the comfrey and all the all the mint we have. Yeah. It's exciting. And so here we are. We're not yet in uh, June, but we're in the we're past the prosperity date. Got to enjoy every day. Yeah. Because when you get to winter up here, it's not fun. No, it isn't. There are people that have fun in winter. <laughs> well, I used to till I got older, and now I prefer warm weather. Yeah, and it definitely got warm today. That's okay by me. Yep. So, and, it, and as far as the world goes, it's kind of a mess. Been that way for a long time. It's gotten worse. And it, every day it gets worse. Yeah. But our hope's not in the world, it's in the Lord, thank God. Well, I guess that's a pretty good thing. It is a great thing. Because. It doesn't look very good in the world. No, it's it's a mess. Now see, the Jews are looking at Jacob's trouble, a precursor to the arrival of the Messiah. We're looking forward to the coming of the Lord which is actually a precursor to his uh, rule and reign on the earth, the millennium. Right. So, you know, we're that's where we're at. And I'll tell you, all the, a lot of signs, everybody, everybody's talking about the signs of the end. It's amazing what what it takes for people to get in the same mind. Yes. Wake if, up. If you haven't gotten on Trump social yet, if you're a patriot or somebody that wants to get in, uh, because there's a lot of people on on Trump social now. We are on there at WIBR Warren. I think that's what it is anyway. Is it, is it Trump Social or Truth, Truth Social? Social okay. at WIBR Warn Radio, all one word, and uh, you'll be able to find us there. We're getting a crowd up following us, and uh, we're posting a lot of stuff on there. But uh, today, I <coughs> included. Uh, a little bit different website, and they're on Truth Social. They're um, Safari. They feature all kinds of animals. Oh, that'd be cool. You know, from Africa and all yeah. them. They've got all kinds of tigers, and they play with them and feed them. And, that'd be cool. And so, yeah, well, I guess as long as you feed them something else, they're not going to eat you. <laughs> <laughs> if you raise them from a kit, you know, it's better. And But some of them, the pictures they have are just gorgeous. So at any rate, um, so we've got a lot of different people following us and a lot of the standards. And, uh, and so we've tried, to, we've been on a lot of social sites. And... Uh, and I got off of uh, a number of sites because of the way they were treating the patriots and conservatives. I never got banned off one, um, but uh, 
At any rate, Trump Social, check it out. No, Truth Social. Sorry about that. <laughs> TruthSocial.com. And they don't have an Android app yet, but that's next. So, forever what it's worth, I have a lot of apps on my phone, so I, I don't really need a bunch more apps. I've got more apps than I can shake a stick at. i got more apps than most of them I don't even use. Yeah, I think that's the way it is. So, at any rate, we got to get going with this. Okay, and, well, uh, tonight on Battle Lines is Mine Elect. Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 133. Mine elect are two words which reflect the purpose of the Lord. Here Isaiah again focuses on the end of captivity with the sure rescue from it, at the same time revealing the end of the captors and their powers. Men and nations think themselves God. They believe they can make war, murder, capture, and even rule their people with no justice to bring them before a court. But there is a higher court, the one of the Lord God, and He works among the nations. For God's elect there will be justice. For God's elect He will not forget. It is written in heaven, emblazoned in the page, on the pages of God's eternity, which rings out justice and truth. And now, back to you. Well, we are in chapter 45, and we've been talking about Cyrus for quite a while, and it's really interesting how Isaiah uh, intertwines him with all the events, and uh, 45 begins with a little thing. You can call it a stanza, but the official name is a strophe. Um, S-T-R-O-P-H-E and uh, it refers originally to the first part of the ode the first beginning in ancient Greek tragedy and uh, it's also and that's where it's called here it's a been extended to uh, mean a structural division of a poem consisting of stanzas of varying, varying length. And of course, being as I have written a lot of poetry and I've written a lot of prose and stuff, it is important to have those stanzas and lines and know that there's a division in there. And it, it all refers to Cyrus who is the only king of the Gentiles whom Jehovah or Yahweh called my anointed. Now, there's another one that goes even one better and that's Yahshua who came and died on the cross, the only begotten son of God. And he came fulfilling the Messiah or the anointed. And uh, he's known as the beginning and the end, the door to the sheepfold, the great shepherd, um, the word. He is the word incarnate. He calls himself the Almighty in Revelation 1. In Revelation 22, the end of the book, he talks about um, that my I am coming quickly and my reward is with me. And so we have that part in here when we when we look at God's ability to, as in this case call out Cyrus and you know it's interesting about Cyrus Cyrus is really an interesting king and I remember when the Ayatollah over in 
Iran talked about Cyrus, that he had delivered the Jews, and that they weren't interested in killing Jews, but they wanted Jerusalem back, something to that effect. And that was years ago. But Cyrus is said to be the son of Cambyses, king of Persia, and Mandane, daughter of the king of Media. And he was born 600 years before Christ, and he died at the age of 70, and he reigned for 30 years. Now, that's a long time. And he, he was mentioned by name, of course, in Scripture. And his conquests were foretold by the prophet Isaiah a century before his birth. And Josephus talks about the partiality he events towards Jews. And it rose from the circumstances of these prophecies being shown him. And many people think that it's by Daniel. So there's some information on Cyrus. But he also has laws that he really instigated. And to this day you can go to Iran and you can see the temple. But uh, he has, he mandated a lot of different laws. And so um, he has a pretty good uh, reputation among people that are into looking at ancient kings. Because he, he is one that when you look into laws and what he had done, that it, it, it does bring out the difference in this guy. And in 45 verse 1, now, of course this whole thing relates around Judah being still held captive. And of course, now Isaiah's prophecies are way ahead of when it actually happened. And, uh, and so I find that interesting. That he prophesied all this stuff. And, of course, he, he foretold the whole nine yards from, you know, Judah and their judgment and the way they were all the way to being defeated, Jerusalem taken, I mean, everything. And going into captivity. Now, see, Jeremiah was on the scene at this time when all this was happening. So he gives a little more detail in, in some of these areas. But it's amazing how this works. I mean, uh, we today are believing in the Messiah, Yahshua, Jesus Christ, Yahshua. And uh, the prophecies of him, you know, they go clear back to Isaiah. Isaiah even had some prophecies that we hold today. Uh, to be very, very important. And so it, this is the God whom we serve. And the important thing to remember about this is that Judah suffered the wrath of God. But as I pointed out in judgment when we look at this, the judgment is meant to correct what they're doing. It's not meant to destroy them. Although some do die during this, the wicked who refuses to repent. But it is redemptive. And when Judah went into captivity, they had 70 years that they had to go through. And this was tough. But as soon as it was over, God was working on getting them out. And even though they were rusty on the law, he was going to teach them. He was going to have Ezra teach them. And, uh, he, he, you know, he called Cyrus for the point of defeating Babylon and letting his people go. And uh, Cyrus even mentions that. And... Uh, Verse 1, 45 verse 1, it says, Thus saith the Lord, that's Jehovah, the national name of God, to his anointed, to Cyrus, Cyrus, or it's Korish, 
uh, as as a Persian king, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him. I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. Now in the Septuagint, this introduction that we just read, it says, to Christo Malcuro, or the Christ, to the Cyrus, my Christ, that is my anointed, the anointed, thus saith Jehovah to his anointed, to Koresh, whom I have taken by his right hand to subdue nations before him, and the loins of kings I ungird, to open before him doors and gates, that they may not continue shut. I shall go before thee and level what is heaped up. Gates of brass shall I break in pieces, and bolts of iron shall I smite to the ground. And I will give thee treasures of darkness and jewels of hidden places, that thou mayest know that I, Jehovah, am he who called out thy name, even the God of Israel. Now that's in the Septuagint, how it reads as compared to what I read to it, read it uh, in the King James. So, I mean, I don't know of any other king that had this kind of, of a call and and as as I said earlier he's the only Gentile king like this but there's going to be another Gentile king and I mentioned him and that's the beast and he will be the last Gentile ruler matter of fact you know a lot of people talk about the end of the times of the Gentiles well with the defeat of him at Jerusalem he that will be the end of the times of the Gentiles officially. And uh, and I like what Kyle and Delish said about this too. Cyrus, the man whose irresistible career of conquest the heathen would be brought to recognize the power of Jehovah so that heavenly blessings would come down upon the earth. And the heavenly blessings would be to release Judah, set them free, rebuild the temple, rebuild Jerusalem, send all the people, get them back into the land, restore them to the land. And that's intensely interesting when you when you look at that. I mean, look at the world today, what kind of a mess it is. And we look at that and most of us who study the end times and prophecy can read where we're at and what's coming. At least we think we can. But with all the stuff going on that's unprecedented, without question, many put the end of days as here occurring now. And that is the eventual come of Christ. Many of them are talking about the rapture. They're talking about a lot of things going on. Now, I don't talk about a lot of that stuff because I live for the Lord every day and when it's time he can take me home but rather I've been warning about the judgment on America which is more of the local stuff to get to get Americans ready and uh, you know people don't understand uh, about if we are in the true end of days I mean this is the same thing that uh, the Jews look at with Jacob's trouble. Uh, this is not a good time. <laughs> it is the birth pangs before the Messiah, which is a good good call for it. 
the birth pangs of the Messiah before he's to come in. And uh, the politics of Cyrus, it is said and it's written, were full of pure motives, which brought him honor. And, and I know among the Persians it did, and in the world, and among the Jews. Now, there is, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because there is an ancient Greek tragedy written during the classical period of ancient Greece. And I can't even say his name, but Aeschylus, and that may not be right, wrote the Persians, or Perse. That's the Latinized. It premiered in 472 in Athens. And uh, Aeschylus actually spoke about Cyrus. And this is what he said, because he's writing about this this guy. And all we can do, we, we get into Isaiah, but we don't really know um, his personal character. He was not hateful to God, he writes, because he was well disposed. That means, you know, he, he wasn't. A turkey. He didn't want to go around and just kill people to kill people. And he did write laws. He did put stuff together. So he is known for that, very much so. As here said by the Spirit of Revelation, um, he has splendid virtues, or splendida vitia. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of a word uh, that I've heard before from down south. Uh, In South America but at any rate Jehovah has taken Cyrus by the hand and is going to accomplish great things through him uh, while he supports him <laughs> and all of this is for Judah I mean that's redemptive I mean it's a small thing for God to do this so the key here, folks, it's a small thing for God to move mountains for you today. You know, and it's been said, is it harder to raise someone from the dead or heal someone of a cold? In God's sight, it says, you know, there's no limitations. So if you're going to believe for healing, you can believe for raising people from the dead or, or whatever you want to believe for. I mean, he's able to do that. But see, the fact that he's moving the hearts of kings to get Judah shows you the strong connection he has with Israel. And, and, it, and it's... One of the reasons when um, Israel was divided into two houses at the end of Solomon's reign, you know, he kept Judah or Jerusalem for David's sake. And so God is does honor men who honors him. And he, he does move on their behalf. And see, today, if you remember in the Gospels, the Lord said, Whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, it will be done. Now, of course, we have trouble getting that to work all the time in this world. And in the church, there's denominations that totally forsook divine healing and miracles because they don't happen anymore, but they do. 
So here's a king who's called by God. He's a special guy. There's something different about him. In Ezra 1, 1 through 2, and also in 2 Chronicles 36, 22 through 23, this is what it says. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith the king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is Judah, which is in Judah. Now you see, all this is in addition to what Isaiah said. But that's pretty good stuff. I mean, to have the God of the God of gods call you out by name. And he, he knew he was born even before he was born. He, he knew he would come. And so for all those that want to kill the babies and think they don't have anything, God personally knows each one of those children you want to murder or did murder. And so there is a warning to this generation with all of this. It is you need to repent and you need to stop being so flippant about the evils that you do because God will hold you accountable. Now, you can just say, well, you know, he's just reading the Bible and I don't believe the Bible and I don't think God would do that and God is love and you've got a million excuses. Yeah, well, good luck there because it isn't going to be good luck. You're going to find yourself wanting. And in America today, we have multitude of generations of kids that are lost and headed to a devil's hell when they don't have to be. And we have all kinds of media out there and all kinds of websites and people who don't believe in God that regularly try to limit conservative thought, patriotic thought, Christian thought there's a battle going on in the world because the world doesn't like our messages but see when you consider what God did for Judah by bringing them back and of course they did have problems and especially after the Roman Roman general Titus attacked Jerusalem and all the all the Jews were taken out. And of course, before then, there was a lot of other things that happened in that area. But this part of it is really, really good. Now, another thing that we're talking about is Babylon. Another famed city. And it's famous for its gardens and a lot of other stuff it had. Very, very powerful. And Babylon was a city-state. It was a large city that had tremendous power, that got resources and armies and lands. And so the river leading on each side to the river were secured by two leave brazen gates. These were left open providentially or accidentally or on purpose when Cyrus forces entered the city at night through the channel of the river. In general disorder occasioned by the great feast which was then celebrated Otherwise, says Herodotus, the Persians would have been shut up in the bed of the river as in a net and all destroyed. The gates of the palace were also imprudently opened to ascertain the occasion of the tumult, 
when the two parties under Gobrius and Gaddis rushed in, got possession of the palace and slew the king. And you can read part of that um, in Jeremiah's, uh, or maybe it's Daniel's, because he was there when a lot of stuff was going on. But this describes how they got in through the gates, and the Lord prophesied earlier, we read it. So in Isaiah 45 too, now you, you've got several verses of this, and then it changes, but it, it picks up from our previous chapter where we were talking about Cyrus. And whenever you see that much go on, and it has history behind it, it's something that you have to understand, you need to pay attention to. Because you look at America, you look at Russia and China. I mean, look at China. China is not afraid of America, especially with Joe Biden in. And China wants to destroy Taiwan and take it over. They also want to take more over than that. And we've always felt in prophecy regarding China that they are going to be on a global move. And uh, one of the things they're going to do is they're going to swing through the South China Sea and begin to take Australia and the Philippines and a lot of these others. I mean, that that's what's been considered. And they would even go so far as Hawaii to take it. So it, it's you have to understand that men and nations... You know, we're at the precipice right now where America is not strong, it's divided. You have Russia now with with Putin who has caused a big stir with Ukraine. But Putin and Russia are friends with Xi and China. But see, what, what also is interesting, Xi and Putin both have a bad disease. They both have cancer. So it's interesting to note that both of these leaders wound up with cancer and they're in charge and uh, trying to tear the world apart for their own purposes. Now, the communists have tried to take over totally everything in China, control it, and stop all the Christianity and everything else, even the Uyghurs. I mean, if, if you just are an Uyghur, you can face... A long prison term for being an Uyghur in China. Same thing for a Christian. And so in 45 verse 2. I will go before thee. I will make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass. And cut in sunder the bars of the iron. And I find this interesting because. Whenever you think of the coming of the Lord, you know, Scripture is very, very vibrant in color. You know, the mountains and the, uh, you know, the mountains will melt at the presence of the Lord. The valleys will fill up and, and everything will be straightened out. You know, the heavens are going to fall, you know, open up like a curtain and everything's going to change. And so you you have this massive picture of an absolutely uncontrollable change and the coming of the Lord. Everything all at the same time. Now, when you think about how all this goes, now see, over in uh, Luke 3, 4 through 6, and... Uh, they wanted to know, the Jews, uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the rest wanted to know what gave John the Baptist his authority. And they asked him, who are you? <laughs> Why are you doing this? And uh, so at any rate, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill shall be brought low. The crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways shall be made smooth. 
Now see, when we talk about the presence of God, as a human, you can't stand before the presence of God. Now see, the one scripture many people use for um, being taken in the rapture, whatever you think it is, the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive shall follow. But see, the whole key is, we shall see Jesus, Yahshua, coming in the clouds. And when we see him, we shall be changed like him, for we shall see him as he is. So there's an instant change. Without that total change, your flesh body could not take it. And so there, there's... There's a lot of issues here. When you talk about pure divinity appearing, especially the Lord, and going to come to a sinful earth to bring an end to the sin and reward all those who have been faithful. And, you know, that this same thought is transferred not only to Cyrus and what God was going to do with him, but it's transferred also to where John the Baptist used it. You know, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. In other words, walk in a manner that's pleasing to the Lord. And for us today, that's being born again by the Spirit of God, receiving him and walking in his ways. Because you're not going to please God by appearing before him as a sinner at this time. You can come to God now today as a sinner and be covered with his blessings and forgiveness if you repent and believe on the Lord. Now in Hebrews 12, verses 12 through 14, he writes, the writer writes, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down in the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but rather let it be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Now, when we look at these verses, it illustrates a change. There's things that are different. And the crooked will be made straight, not only in the mountains and the hills and the valleys, but in the people. There's a change. There, there is a change in this wordage that is going to happen when we see the kingdom of God come in. And it's not business as usual. And neither was it when Cyrus was called out and he's going to go through the mountains, uh, through all the, you know, anybody that gets in his way, in his way, he's going to conquer. And uh, that's an interesting note because we can think of Alexander the Great and what he conquered. You know, we, we can think, well, look at Hitler. Look at how much he created, you know, how much he conquered. And... You have these, these things that are just absolutely unbelievable, but yet when you think of what God did with Cyrus and what he's going to do when his son returns, Yahshua, there's going to be a total transference from a carnal, fleshly world to a new kingdom. And, of course, in, in Isaiah 45.3, and, of course, when you're reading about Cyrus, as well as, you know, th there's other places in Scripture that when you read, especially in Isaiah, that are poetic justice. It just, you know, I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places 
Well, I'll tell you, humans today would give anything to find hidden riches of secret places. That you would know that I, the Lord, which called thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. And, of course, the key here, that you will know, may know, the Lord, which called thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. And what is the God of Israel interested in? He's going to make Cyrus an unbeatable king, an unbeatable kingdom. He's going to do things for him. And, of course, Cyrus... You know, he did turn in, he, he reigned for a long time. And, he, you know, the scripture says that he had a way about him that, that was good. You know, he wasn't like others. He was different. But in war, he was unbeatable. And so, in Jeremiah fifty thirty seven. And these are related scriptures. A sword is upon their horses and upon their chariots, and upon all the mingled people that are in the midst of her, and they shall become as women. A sword is upon her treasures, and they shall be robbed. Jeremiah 51. We're talking about Babylon and, and how Cyrus is going to come in. Uh, 51, 12 through 14. Set up the standard upon the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong, set up the watchmen, prepare the ambushes. For the Lord has both devised and done that which he spake against the inhabitants of Babylon. O thou that dwellest upon many waters and abundant in treasures, thine end is come in the measure of thy covetousness. The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, saying, Surely I will fill thee with men as with caterpillars, and they shall lift up a shout against thee. Now, see, and this is what concerns me about America, too. And that is, America is being filled with people right now as an invasion. Make no mistake, it is judgment on this country. And the people are coming up because they see America as that place where they can get ahead. It's... It, you know, they're all coming for different reasons. We also have many wicked that are coming in to try to destroy the country. And, of course, Biden and those behind him, that's what they want. They want America to be filled with the people of the world, even if they have enemies, because the hatred is so strong they want to destroy this country from within. And right now we're on the precipice uh, probably one of the biggest challenges we're ever going to have in America. This is worse than World War II, World War I. It's worse than the Korean War, the Vietnam War. Worse than any war we've ever fought. And unless something is done, this nation is not going to exist. But see, make no mistake about it. If America had repented long ago, we wouldn't be in this fix. But see, this is judgment. And the thing of it is, is the judgment on Judah, they wound up in Babylon for 70 years, and then God moved mountains, practically, and used Cyrus to deliver his people and get them back into the land. That's how God works. And so... If we were to repent, God can still move mountains for America and heal it and get rid of the wickedness and bring righteousness in. He can do that. But he's not going to do it without America repenting. Which right now we have generations of kids that won't. Now see, we're talking about you know, in the process of how God dealt to get Judah out, we're talking about how he deals with men and nations. God is not going to be mocked because he's going to judge every nation. He is going to judge every, every judge, every king, every person in authority, every cop, 
every layman, everyone. But there is going to be a judgment on the nations. And one of the final judgments will be the coming of the Lord and the destruction of the armies of the Gentiles. Now in verse 4, for Jacob's my for Jacob my servant's sake and Israel mine elect I have called thee by thy name I have surnamed thee though thou hast not known me. God raised up Cyrus for Jacob, his servant's sake, Israel, his elect. Now Jacob goes clear back to the beginning, and Israel comes into where God started calling him Israel. That's based on promises. And because of the blessing on Abraham. Verse 19. Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf is my messenger that I sent? Who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant? Seeing many things, but thou observest not. And opening the ears, but he hears not. Now you see the thing when we when we really look at Cyrus though you know God called Cyrus by his name and he also called him his anointed and my shepherd Now this is the the thing about it Now in Isaiah 45:1 we, we read that. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. Then Isaiah 44, 28, we've already covered that. That saith of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, thou shalt be built unto the temple, thy foundation shall be laid. Now see, this is how God works. He's dealing with men and nations. He's calling a guy before he's ever born. He's telling him what's going to happen in his life. And today, in our technologically advanced world, with all the knowledge there is to have, we are pathetic as far as faith in God. We would rather choose any kind of a God, any kind of an idol, any kind of a nonsensical descriptive for us to lay all of our ideas and hearts on. It's not enough that God said, I made male and female. No, we got to come up with only God knows how many different sexes there are when God only made two but we've gone beyond that and created all our own stuff now see this is just like Babylon and America for all intents and purposes and many of the other nations are the same way they have all the attributes of mystery Babylon that's been described in Revelation they got every one of them but yet there is going to be a, you know, a real mystery Babylon that will come to the top just as cream comes to the top. And you can see it if you buy, if you buy a bottle of cream, there will still be cream that comes to the top. And it'll be thick. 
But you see, in our scenario, the cream is really the vile and the godlessness that's coming to the top. Because God is separating the chaff from the wheat. And in this, God separates Judah from his captors. And at the same time that Babylon is judged and brought down, Judah is set free. And furthermore, the one that conquered Babylon actually takes it upon himself to give orders to the Jews to leave and go rebuild their home and he provides everything they need. Now that sounds like a pretty good deal. In Isaiah 45.5 it says, I am the Lord, there's none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. You see, his sovereignty can work among the nations of men for his purposes. And when we talk about gird thee, that's talking about a military belt. He girded him with the girdle here, or military belt, and prepared Cyrus and strengthen him for one purpose, war and conquest. Now, Albert Brooks uh, said of this, even people who are strangers to the true God are sustained by him and are unable to accomplish anything without his providential aid. And, and I have talked about this before. And in the world today, the unbeliever takes everything for granted. You've got air to breathe. You've got lungs to breathe it with. You didn't do anything when you were born. God gave you lungs and a heart and a fully functional body. Now, of course, if, if people get aborted and murdered at birth, it's kind of hard to say that, of course. But you see, we've already convinced ourselves that uh, they're not even a human being at that point, which is idiocy. It's not going to fly with God. Because when you were formed in the womb, I knew thee, saith the Lord. And so in this instant, without the Lord God going before him, he wouldn't have been able to do nothing. Judah would never have been delivered. But see, this is how it works. And I think for the most part that when we talk about the fear of the Lord and what this God can do, we vastly listen to our idiocy and we underestimate what God will do. And we place everything on mistaken ideas that we've been taught. That God is a God of love and we don't have to repent. And we can just continue as we pretty much want to. And that's the issue. You can't. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless those that hear it whenever they do. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name. Okay, Tower. So we are 133. Next week, 134. That'll be amazing. We will be through this one day. We will. Hopefully before the Lord comes back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've got some time. 
Yeah, I, I enjoy this teaching and God is amazing in how he works and deals with people. Yeah, he is. Well, I hate to rush off, but we got to get out of here. Okay, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you, we pray for you, and we always hope the best for you and the Lord. Stay safe and be careful. Good night, everybody. Don't forget to go by our websites at warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. And while you're there, or if you get to some other place, uh, pick up a copy of my book, The Rising by Dana Glenn Smith. You'll be glad you did. Prophetic, biblical, you won't want to put it down. The Rising by Dana Glenn Smith. Till next week, shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.